So how are you doing out there in life, relationships? Are you a bit discouraged, disillusioned? For those of you with a faith background, those of you deconstructing your faith, how are you doing with your faith overall and with spirituality, with the church even as a concept? Have you had it? Have you had it with church? You don't really know what to do with those feelings? Well, I hear you. Yeah, this is the perfect episode for you. Let's talk. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? Hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We're so glad you're with us, aren't we? We certainly are. <laughs> My name is Robert Cottrell, and I'm here as always with... Susan Cottrell. Yeah. Again, thanks for joining us. Uh, again, welcome. Share, support, and subscribe. Always, we uh, just uh, follow us, share as much as you like, support us if you can. It means more than you know. And please do connect with us. We'd love to hear what you think about all of this. We'd love to hear if you have suggestions for things you'd like us to talk about here on the podcast. You can reach us at hello at freedhearts.org or podcast at freedhearts.org. Uh, those are both great. So how are you doing out there? How are you all doing? When in life and relationships and, and for those of you with a faith background and even those who are deconstructing, how are you doing with your faith overall? How are you doing with church, <laughs> even as a concept? Have you had it? Have you just had it with church and you don't really know what to do with what you feel? Yeah. I mean, that's it's tough. As we, we hear from so many people who are saying, I don't know what, it feels so funny to even think about going into a church building on a Sunday morning. It's, there's triggers in that, and it's hard to find one that you that you love, and and you go, and you get tuned. You, you, your, our radars, which I, I love this, our radars get tuned to where these red flags and these things and these, and these little sneaky things they say, we pick them out right away, and I love that. So how are you doing with church? That's called discernment. That's Oh, discernment. That's right. It's very good. <laughs> Wisdom. That's right. Awareness. Yeah. I could go on. Okay. So, well, a, a lovely mom sent us this email and brought up that she feels disillusioned. And that's what a lot of people, I think, are dealing with right now. And they just feel disillusioned with all the stuff around church and politics and the hypocrisy and just all this stuff we continue. By the way, you don't, you can stop doom scrolling anytime you want, by the way. That does help. To, to get away from that new cycle on social media. But how do you move for, How do they move forward? How do we move forward feeling empowered and authentic? And uh, so let me read the email. And then, Susan, surprise, surprise, you had a great answer. <laughs> uh, so let me read the email from this, this mom, and then you can respond, yeah? Yes. Okay. Sounds great. So the title was, Just Keep Up What You're Doing. Ah, that's a great title. That'll get us to open. <laughs> That'll get us to open your email. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We open every email and respond to everyone. So the title was Just Keep Up What You're Doing. And the mom said, My younger daughter is bisexual. I was in leadership at an evangelical church. I grew up in church, the daughter of missionaries. I realized my daughter was bisexual and intentionally created a very obvious opportunity for her to confirm it, which she did. I had already started experiencing disillusionment with organized church and was already questioning the church's misogyny, racism, and homophobia. So the choice to support my daughter rather than stick to anything the church would have told me was perhaps less difficult for me. I was already past asking the church to support me. I knew it couldn't. 
I'm sure you understand how much comfort it brings to hear you discussing all the issues you discuss. I had thought of, of doing a paper and giving it to my ex-churches, but didn't. Because actually, they already have access to all the same information that I have. I'm exceedingly table-turning over in the temple angry that I have to navigate through the damage the church has done to my family in the name of Jesus before I can present Jesus to my girls in any kind of appealing way. The anger I feel is sometimes all-consuming to the extent that I question the validity of the existence of the institution of church as we know it. Jesus was being gracious when he called them a brood of vipers. <laughs> anyway, I found your blog while Googling, uh, affirming, Googling, that's Googling. <laughs> that feels funny to roll off. Anyway, Googling, affirming churches in my town. So there is at least one church here that my husband and I can potentially attend without betraying our daughter. I just thought I'd say thanks for answering that call. I was in a similar situation to you once, told to follow my call, but called to teach, then told that women cannot teach until there were no men willing to do the job, LOL. I called bullshit to the church leadership, which didn't go down well at the time, but did set some change in motion. Anyway, I'd love to meet you guys if you're ever in our area. Thanks for existing, and I encourage you to continue to answer your calling. Wow, that's really nice. I love that. It's very nice. Yeah, I really, I love that. Really appreciate that. Yeah, the encouragement in it. Yeah, is is very sweet. Yeah. Um. So I went ahead and answered, and I said, "Dearest Mama, I'm not saying the name here. I'm delighted to meet such a feisty kindred spirit. Yes, it is so angering to see how Pharisaical these places are. I mean, I agree. I don't really trust churches at all." And as we drive by one of those, one of those kind, we both feel this loathing. And I know there's some good ones. I know that. But the taste in my mouth is too bad. And all the ones based on rules are just, I don't know, as you say so eloquently, bullshit. <laughs> so thank you for sharing your story. It really energizes me. I guess it fuels my continued fire to get out this message of hope, despite the church. I would love to meet you too, if I'm ever near. Oh, that's really nice. Well, you know, we thought that it would be helpful for us to talk about this disillusionment with the church. I think it's an important concept of, or a, a common feeling that so many are struggling with. And sadly, many are felt or feel guilty about it, which is part of the, the ingrained brainwashing kind of thing that the church does. And so... To feel guilty, I mean, what a kick in the butt that is. Yes. You know what yes, I mean? Yes. So let's talk about this for a bit. Yeah, and here's more of the the answer that I gave her. But we laid out we laid out some of the issues. First of all, let me pause on the word disillusionment. That's exactly what it is. And what that says to me is it was an illusion <laughs> that this whole worldview holds together and this is what God wants and this is what Jesus came to say. This slicing and dicing of who's in and who's out. And that really is what it means to be a Christian. All of that is an illusion. And the disillusionment is saying, holy moly, this is not it at all. This the is illusion not, is shattering. Yes. This is not kind. This is not loving. This is not from God. I love that. Yeah. There's so, another twist on a word that, that we know that the term, I just want to toss this in because it's what I do, the term woke has become some sort of negative. Oh, you're woke. This is a woke agenda. 
just just stop for a second for a minute. And you can all answer this question out there in unison if you want. I can hear you. What's the opposite of being... I mean, woke is, is awake, okay? So what's the opposite of being awake? Asleep. You know, I don't want to be asleep. Yeah. And dormant and hibernating and disconnected from all that's going on. I want to be awake. So to me, woke is a great term. Don't let anybody steal that from you. So Yeah. Okay. I'm all sorry. Right. Back to disillusionment. <laughs> okay. Well, here's more of what I said. I said, we too had noticed the problem in the church. The misogyny for sure. And then the other things, the racism and the homophobia also became clear. For us, it was that we noticed we didn't, didn't really have anything helpful that they didn't really have anything helpful to give us. So if you have real problems, marriage, drugs, whatever people experience, and, and people experience a lot of things, they didn't have answers that really helped. Nothing helpful. Just pray and give is basically their answer. Yeah, or pray and serve. Serve more. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And give and give more. And, and, give more. and you know, that's their answer because it's a business. And these things are their customer service. It is. And that's not the focal point of what they do. I said as we drive by one of those kind that we both feel this loathing because they are hurting so many people and they don't really want to know about it. It's like walking along with a machete in each hand and people say, hey, hey, watch it. And you just say, I know what I'm doing. You get out of the way. Okay, well, no, no, watch your machetes there. And I always hasten to say there are good ones, but the taste in the mouth remains. And I have no interest in splitting hairs to find a good one. Mm. That should not be on me, a laborious task to try to find one that's <laughs> decent yeah, amid church. so find, many. To find a church that actually represents Jesus. Yeah, yeah amid so many that are, that are awful. And, and some are more standalone and they fly rainbow flags and it's a different take. But Denominations too, yeah. Denominations, yeah. But, but generally, this name has been really, the brand is really bad. The name has been tainted of church. And so what's a good one? Mm. It's one that's based on love, not rules. You know, which rules out really all the conservative denominations. So she's right. Jesus was being gracious when he called them a brood of vipers. Mm. Let me stop for just a second and recommend something. We recently watched a great movie called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And yes. it's an incredible movie that really sheds light on this on the business, rules-focused, hypocrisy side versus uh, someone, which Tammy Faye Baker was, someone that was just trying to love people and how much that went against everything the church stood for and actually stands for now, too. So Yes. Yeah. It's, All right. It's empowering. So do you have more? Or keep going? Yeah, yeah let me keep going. You have a lot more. Actually. I have a lot more. That's a lot. It was a long... You write the nicest answers. You take a <laughs> lot of time you. out there. I do. Thank you. It's and really I, nice. I mean, I do take time. And then I think this is something that people would enjoy hearing. So yeah, that's usually what happens. Someone writes us. Yeah. And then, and we might even get a couple of emails that are similar questions. And we think, oh, this would really be good to share with all of you. Yeah. So we hope yeah. you enjoy it. Okay. So, how do you follow your call when the church says no? And make no mistake, it is about you serving them, not following your call. The church wants you to serve them, not follow your call. Just as in jobs, like in World War II, they use women only when they need them. And then after the war, they start this whole campaign to give men their jobs back. Yeah. 
And along with that came this whole creation of the homemaker. That was not true before. The 50s homemaker, housewife, that's a whole fantasy created in response to women who served in the war effort in factories and and everywhere. But now they need to go back home. Don't worry your pretty little head. You just let the men handle it, little lady. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Mm. And it's not based on the Bible. Mm. That's an excuse. There's a book called um, The Way We Never Were. (laughs) And it tells about this. But that's that's how not it, that's not how women were in the Bible. No, women prophets <laughs> were were traveling with the team, were teaching with them. Women were completely involved in that, and it was the early church that wanted to separate itself from the Jewish faith and and make some distinctives with this new religion that was just opened. And so they didn't have women teach. That was one of the distinctives mm. they invented. Mm. So another point you yeah. So yep. Yeah. Um, next was me hearing my call and it being rejected. If it doesn't fit in their box, they reject it. So how does the spirit lead someone outside the box? That's that always just it makes me giggle. We had that a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. actually in our church history, I was a worship leader, worship pastor for a long time, and we had a lot of that where we felt a certain way and a certain call to do music a certain way. And yeah. and you also in, in in teaching and especially teaching in general. And it was just almost without exception rejected hands down because it just didn't quote fit yeah. with what with the box. And it was a right. challenge. Right. It, it challenged leadership and it challenged policies and and so yeah. thinking back on that now that that you can go in and say that we that we feel that the Spirit of God Almighty is leading us in a certain way, and they go, no. No, right. No, no, no right. thank you. Yeah. Wow. No, we're, we like things the way they are. And I think, then how is Spirit going to lead? If the, if the preconditioning for the people is, we keep things the way they are, anything new is definitely heresy, mm. then how does the Spirit introduce anything new? So... And if you go outside the box, because spirit does have a way of persisting, <laughs> nevertheless, she persisted, you know, that because spirit will move us, but they do call you a heretic. That's just the way it is. So, you know, you could be opening the box and showing them life outside their four closed-in walls. Mm. But, you know, and they could embrace you as a prophet to follow, but instead they scorn you as a fallen prophet. It is interesting, too, because one of the things that Jesus said is, I have more to tell you. I have things to tell you that you're not able to hear right now. Yeah. I have more to tell you, and I'll do that through the Spirit. Well, that doesn't sound like a box at all to me. Right. He's still speaking. Jesus is still speaking. God is still speaking. We have to still be hearing. And good for her, for rec- for this mother, for recognizing that her daughter might be by and creating an opportunity for her to come I out. I love that, yeah. Yeah, to know she's safe, to know what that whatever she reveals is fine and she'll be rejoiced with, uh, you know, at least acclimated to while these parents are adjusting and everything. Let's let her step into that. And rather than the mother asking the child directly, which is not, is, is overstepping usually, mm-hmm. it's creating an opportunity that the child stepped into. Yeah. So they, you know, she made a clearing and the child could move into it. And there are ways to do that. I mean, we're going to talk about that somewhere down the road a bit more, but there are ways that you can do that by stating your own affirmation, by bringing up an issue and letting 
letting the child kind of speak into that, open that door without yeah. that direct what what can be very confrontational because they're scared. Remember, right. if they're raised in a Christian home, the kids have heard the horror story. So even though you may not have expressed that, they're scared to yes. come out. So to ask them directly is very confrontational. If they grew up in church, they're much more scared about all this than, yeah. than we think. Yeah. yeah, but even just to say, you know, when you see somebody who looks gender non-binary, to say, I like that look. That. It sort of breaks down the binary, doesn't it? Yeah. And speak like someone who's an advocate. And you, you know, you you may have to learn a little bit, but even just to say, you know, I think I think gay people have been treated really badly by the yeah. church, unrelated to your family, just to say it out there opens clears a space. Yeah. Keep in mind that that statement of of acceptance of those who are different is really powerful. Last week we talked about uh, uh, the teaching of contempt, the us versus them. So anything you can do around the home and your family to break that binary of us versus them is really powerful and yeah. really does open doors. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And then when she said, "I'm exceedingly." <laughs> Turning table turning over in the temple angry that I've had to navigate through the damage the church has done uh, in my family in the name of Jesus before I can present Jesus to my girls in any kind of appealing way. Mm-hmm. The anger I feel sometimes it's all consuming to the extent that I question the validity of the existence of the institution of church as we know it. Amen. I mean, I, that you know, yeah. To, yeah, there's some good stuff in there. Get on the here. church train there. Amen. Yeah. You know, there's some good stuff in there. And there and there there's several things in there that I think you talked about, right? You brought yes, out. Yes, yes. So let's talk first about the anger. Jesus was table turning angry. Angry about what? Yeah, that's really important. Yeah. Angry about what? Yeah. Because we're right to be angry about the same things, right? Anger's there to push us into helpful action, like an engine light. You don't get it, you know, it tells you, hey, you need some whatever on the car. Wait, does it? I thought you just get some tape and cover over the... Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you don't want your car to last, that's what you do. (laughs) But you don't want to... You don't want to... So the the anger is a notification. You don't want to stay in it, but you want to move into what Mm. is it that needs to happen. So the anger can come down like when the action is taken. Can you summarize just for a second here what Jesus was angry about every time? Yeah, he was angry every time at religious leaders telling people that they're there, they're supposed to care for, that God wasn't, it didn't accept them the way they are, right. holding standards for them that they didn't meet. Mm-hmm. They brought their sacrifices to the temple and they'd point out some blemish mm-hmm. and charge them an arm and a leg to get a different, perfect, you know, offering. And then they put that offering. Uh, the back of the line. There was so nothing wrong was with it. It was the privilege. It was the privilege. Taking advantage, oppressing, marginalizing, diminishing, silencing. The poor, the powerless. The least of these. The least of these. Yeah. Yes. Us versus them. Every time. <laughs> Every time. And so that's what we should be angry about. Yep. That's what we should be angry about. So you are right not to trust that church paradigm because it's not trustworthy. Mm. So, and you'll have to come to peace with your anger. Yeah. But the more you're able to take some kind of action, even if it's talking to people at helping people who have been at the effect of that that thing and helping them will help you yeah. direct your anger, I mm. guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, and, and then, again, what we've shared this before, I've shared this, what helped me in my anger 
early mm-hmm. on in in Freed Hearts was was my my anger switched from being to the person to the system. Yes. And, and that helped me direct my anger in the proper way. Yes. You know, so yeah, to get mad at at a pastor who's who's repeating what he learned in seminary, et cetera, whatever. Yeah. Okay, but it but the system itself continues to crank yeah. it out. Yeah. And that's where, you know, it helps. Yes. I hope we made sense of that. Yeah. I mean, you, yes. I mean, and also keep in mind that many people do know better, do know the truth, and they still do this damaging stuff. So that, those are the religious leaders taking advantage of the least of these or or the vulnerable people. So yeah, we need to get angry at that. But also a lot of people who are just spouting, just repeating what they have heard. My anger, I want my anger. I want your anger directed at the systems and the bigger picture to bring about that kind of change while doing whatever we can to stop somebody from being hurt. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah. This this is a this is a fine tuning of yeah. figuring out your anger and how to deal with it, I think is is a high level of soul searching. So, yes. And that's figuring right. out. And part of the disillusionment comes too because you have there's damage that has been done. Yeah. And so how do you navigate the damage yeah, 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 that's yeah. been done? Yeah. Exactly. Well, and the first thing really to do, because she said she wanted to present Jesus to her girls, mm. but he's been maligned by the church. And the, I think it's really important to separate church from Jesus, to separate church from God. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, that's a critical first step to make a clear line between the two. Um, we were told that we... We had to choose between our child and God, but that was not the choice. It's a false dichotomy. It's between the child and our church. Okay, well, the church can go bye-bye. Yeah. We'll choose our child. It's not between the child and God. So separate those two things out and make a clear line between the two and let Jesus slash God emerge for your children. Let that be separate from the church. Use the yeah. word spirit instead to make it more palatable because God is a very triggering word for a lot of people. Yeah. That's um, really good. And that's 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 really important. Yeah. And you might she asked how you might attend without betraying your daughter. And that's a big word. And if it's betray po- is a big word, yeah. Yeah, betraying is a big word. If if it's possible she would feel betrayed, then that's something to take yeah. very seriously and and even not go. Mm-hmm. But have a conversation. Ask her if she feels bad if you go to a church, even a, a good one. Well, assuming Let her a good lead. One. Let the child lead in this. I yeah. Think. Well, yes. And have conversation. If you find you want to go somewhere, even if she doesn't want to go, which I assume you would not compel her to go. I think you should right. not. But ask, do you feel bad if we do this? And And you have to give lots of safety for her to speak truly and not, to have to please you or protect you, which, you know, it's inherent in our kids that they do that. So, you know, if if she really objects to it, then maybe don't do it. What? Why not? Yeah. And to not exacerbate her pain while she's healing seems more important to me than going to church, mm-hmm. but then I'm not big on church. <laughs> so, used to be, we all used to be, something like the team shaving yeah. their heads in solidarity with the child that's going through chemo, right? We've seen those and we're all moved to tears. Yeah. I mean, I, I get shivers thinking about how loving and supporting, supportive that is. And there are many variations of that. But church, it may be very important 
but we need to think it through yeah. because she's important too. And yeah. her healing is important. And there are options now, especially with online things, things that you can do that are not, that, that, that won't cross this kind of line. There are teachings you, you can also do. We actually have a lot of great resources. If you just email us at hello at freedhearts.org, we have a list of really good online sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are things you can do without even having that Sunday morning thing. Right. Yeah. And so she really, I'm sorry. Some people miss it like they like the community, but. But this is a deconstruction in deference to your child's well-being and health. And so you consider carefully what's it worth. And we were raised in at, at a time when church was everything. It was your teaching. It was your, quote, worship. It was your giving. It was your community. And part of deconstruction of your faith is deconstructing that taking those things apart. They don't have to be together. Yeah. We have a friend who found their community in the cold water plunging and who another friend who turned their their quote church tithing into other charitable giving. So there are things that we can do that aren't all wrapped up in that Sunday morning church. Right. You know? And all that wrapping up has been a way to keep us yeah. Um, held into yeah. that paradigm. In the box, that's right. Yeah, that's in the right. box. So unwrapping is a really powerful thing. Yeah. She certainly spoke truth. You know what I mean? Yes. This mom. In, the, in the question, and as she, she wonderfully called it, bullshit. You know, yeah, her calling bullshit did not go down well. <laughs> and we could have told you that. You could have told us that too, I'm sure. But it set some change in emotion, yeah. you said, which is great. It's interesting and, and defined balance. Yeah. In speaking your truth and let what happens, happens. Well, and as we often say, sometimes you speak your truth, share a resource and sashay away. But, and then you just have to, yeah, so you have to find that balance in that. But yeah, it does, things do cause people to think. It does bring change. That that does happen. We've seen it always. Yes. And we've said this early on, since early on, we, especially if you're parents out there, you're a hard group to ignore because parents are grown adults in this conversation and this thing. We tend to be more, there are more consequences if you piss us off as a church because we tend to be givers and school board members. And, and it's, so it's, we're a harder group to ignore. So, so yeah, sometimes there's, there's, and we've seen incredible stories of parents who have stood their ground, spoke their truth and changes happened. It's yeah. amazing within entire churches. Yeah. But I will say also that churches that aren't interested in changing aren't interested in letting you change. There, there's a yep. big, you have to feel that there's an opening to stay and yeah, make it worth it. I agree. I agree. Don't beat your head against a wall. So has the church outlived its place in our society? And to ask that, let's back that up. Is the church even biblical? Mm. Ooh, that's a good question. Now, I remember learning that the Bible describes activities with the new believers of big, huge celebrations where they would come together occasionally, like, you know, once a year, maybe less, and celebrate all together. But most of the communities they had together were in gatherings and homes. It was very small and it was very communal and they knew each other and they shared. It was fellowship-oriented. It was fellowship. And so that the biblical model in the New Testament is small home gatherings and occasional big celebrations. That's it. So the church that we know 
that we see on every corner where we spend millions of dollars. Billions. Billions of dollars on everything. Everything. The building, the upkeep, all of those things. That is not biblical. It's actually completely switched where the the regular thing are, is the big gathering, the the official religious gathering. And the rare thing yes. is the fellowship yes. most of the time. It's totally backwards. Yes, except the big celebrations in the Bible were like big and it was more like a pride parade. <laughs> <laughs> this is more like just a weekly thing. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's the more common mm. um, thing every week. But to what end is it? You've been there 30 years. You're, you're here, hearing another take on Jonah and the whale. I'm, what good is that doing no. in your real life? How many people have you fed because of that? Well, it's a business. Yeah, okay. It's a business. Yeah. And it keeps you going. So, so I would say it's not even biblical. Now, you know, yeah. You can very happily progress in your spiritual life and move along in your spiritual journey without church. That does, does not mean... That that's without Jesus or God. Again, Jesus is... is no, because they're is, not church. Yeah. In fact, Jesus is, is clickbait yes. for a lot of churches. So that's that's part of separating Jesus and God out. Right. You can be spiritual without yeah. this, what may be an unbiblical model of religion and church. And, and you'll be discouraged by the church leadership from doing this. Yeah, from, you, you think? You think. <laughs> yeah. From taking your own spirituality in your own hands, taking it off road, because that takes them, that takes away the middleman, and they're not interested in you doing that. But yeah. you can take up your journey with spirit directly and have a great time of it. Follow your gut yep. and follow what makes you happy with it. Yes, indeed. Well, <laughs> beloved, you're all good. Yeah. You're all good. We know this is different. We know it goes against so much of what was ingrained and ingrained in us in a in a way to keep us locked in to provide the guilt and shame if we ever want to open that box. So we know it's difficult sometimes, but you're all good. You are all good. And with what we have all been through uh, over the past lives and in our journey in this with being awakened, to the lies and false, dangerous teaching and systems, it's natural to sometimes get discouraged and disillusioned as we break the illusion of what's going on out there. But it's okay. It's okay, beloved. You're okay. And open the box. We have cookies out here. I'm open the, <laughs> I open the box. There's life. There's joy. There's a relationship with spirit outside of that box that is more incredible and beautiful and fulfilling than you can ever, ever imagine. Mm -hmm. Take heart, lovely souls. You are on the right track. You are all good. Go love and be loved. You know why? Why? You deserve it. You deserve it. Open your box and all heaven's going to break loose. (laughs) (laughs) We love you. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye. Love you. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www.freedhearts.org. Just come say hello. And if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast, things you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org. 
www.hannahcottrell.org. The music is provided by Hannah Cottrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Sinner, and you can find out more about her at heystsinner.com. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform, and thanks for listening.